All right, go and take a seat. Good to see you on this fall day. It's not too cool. It's just right. It's a California fall day. It's lovely. So our theme today is freedom. Freedom. That's the big idea. That's the big topic. We're talking about freedom today. So as I'm thinking about freedom, I think, well, what is freedom? One way to go with that is what is the opposite of freedom? What's the opposite of freedom, would you say? Bondage. Yeah, bondage, oppression, something binding you. And um, we think about this in the world today. We, we see some of it in the news today. Where are we seeing oppression or bondage or the lack of freedom in the world today? The big headlines. Ukraine, yeah, huge. We got this uh, nation, another nation, trying to oppress, trying to uh, bring into bondage a smaller nation, and uh, they're having a hard time of it, which is great. But they're trying to impose their will, their law, their structures, uh, their rule on others. All right. The other big place that comes to mind for me is Iran. I've been following things there. We have um, some brothers and sisters from Iran who are with us and part of this body. And uh, yeah, the, we have this oppressive regime that is highly restrictive. Uh, it's keeping people in bondage so much so that you can't even decide whether or not to wear a head scarf or not. And people are pushing back um, because we're made in God's image and likeness, whoever we are, wherever we are. We are image bearers of God with inherent dignity. And part of that dignity is the freedom to choose our own direction. Now there's limits, of course, but we're not about imposing our limits on others. So we're going to talk about these things. In the Old Testament, what was the oppressive nation? What, who comes to mind with Israel? They were in bondage in Egypt, I bet I heard it out there somewhere, right? Egypt was this, this uh, picture of an oppressive regime, oppressing God's people, oppressing people. God rescued them, released them. Now, all these examples that we've given, we've looked at today so far, are actually manifestations of a deeper, larger power structure that oppresses and the scripture refers to this as the dominion of darkness. So we're going to look at that today. We're going to see how God is calling us out of that, how he's calling us into freedom. Even if you feel free, even if you have some pretty good um, religious and civic liberties, uh, we're still in this structure that seeks to oppress. So we'll look at that in a minute. Let's start with this verse. What took me on this theme of, of freedom is the book of Galatians. Galatians uh, New Testament letter written to believers in Galatia who were starting to step out of the freedom that God had given them in Christ and come under the bondage of the old covenant laws. And um, Paul hears about this. Paul planted this church. Paul them back into this freedom. This is how he starts the letter. This is a word for them. This is a word for you and me today. Here it is. Grace Listen, grace and peace to you. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, 
and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. And here it is, to rescue us, to rescue you and me, to rescue all people from the present evil age. The present evil age. He did this according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's what God's doing in the world. He's active in the world, rescuing people out of this present evil age. What is that? Let's look at that more closely. Let's get our head around this present evil age. To do that, I created a nice picture for you all. Better seen in your bulletin. If you don't have a bulletin, raise your hand. Anne will get you one. Uh, that's, it'll be easy to follow. Basically, this is a sketch of all that God has revealed to us through Scripture in broad strokes uh, from Genesis to Revelation. What, it's very remarkable. God, through his word, has revealed to you and me uh, what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. We, we have... Um, we have some points of reference here. All right, so if you look at this picture, it's up here as well. We are seeing that the present evil age, it's bracketed there. It's a period of time that begins with the fall. But let's go before the fall. Okay, before the fall, Genesis 1-2, God created everything. And he created it, and it was good. It was very good. We had peace with creation. We had peace with God. We had peace with one another. We had everything we need. God set us up really well. And he gave us one limit, right? One wise, good limit to protect us, to help us. And what did humanity do with our freedom? We decided to cross that limit, to test it, to, you know, we're not quite sure if God's limit is good. So let's find out for ourselves. This is humanity, right? This is every child ever born today, right? Let's cross that limit and see what happens. All right, so everything was good, but just like God said, the consequences were catastrophic of going out, rejecting God's word, and taking for ourselves our own um, decision about what... And Pain, shame, toil, death came into the world. This is called the fall. Why is life so hard? Because we're under the curse that came with the fall. Why is my body decaying? Because we're under the curse that came with the fall. Why why is work so frustrating sometimes? Why is it so hard? Why am I working by the sweat of my brow? Because of the toil that came with the fall that's part of the curse. That's the beginning of the present evil age. Started way back then. Guess what? We're still in it. We're still in it. Every human being born after that first sin, that break from God, is born in to what we call the dominion of darkness, that power structure. Okay? We are people who are born Dead in our sins, this is the language God reveals and speaks to us, dead in our sins, separated from God, and um, under his condemnation for our sin. We are born in a bad place. We are born in this dominion of darkness. All right? But 
We're not church to hear about that, although we need to understand that to understand the good news. We're here because of his good news. Because of God's great mercy, he called you. He made a way for you to come out of the domain of darkness, out of deadness to sin, out of separation from God, out of darkness into light. And he said it many, many different ways. When Jesus came on the scene, one of the ways he announced his mission, Luke 4, was in the synagogue of Nazareth. The Isaiah scroll was opened up to him, and he read it. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's his mission. That's what he's doing, releasing the oppressed, uh, proclaiming freedom for the captives, All right, which implies what? People are in captivity. People are oppressed. And as we put together the pictures in Scripture, we realize he's talking about people in the domain of darkness. All humanity, again, is born into that, that state, that condition. All right, so God comes and does that. We heard it already in Galatians. Let's hear it there again. Grace and peace to you. Why? Because God has made it possible. It's from God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. There's a parallel passage in Colossians 1.13. God, he has rescued us, rescued you and me, from the dominion, the authority structure of darkness. He's talking to believers. He's talking to people like you and me who have received the call. He rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into a different realm, a different power structure. The kingdom of the Son whom he loves, in whom you have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is what God's doing in the world. This is the big uh, work of God in the world. Transferring people from this power structure of darkness into the kingdom of his Son. Now here's the deal. You and I, many of us here, have received that rescue. We're like, yes, thank you, God. Thank you. Now we're in your kingdom. We're under your rule and reign. Your rule and reign is now in our hearts and is beginning to play itself out in our lives as we submit to your good rule and reign willingly, freely, not for fear of the crack of the whip or punishment, willingly, because we know now that you are good. So the kingdom of God, we're in this now. And even, even though that's true, we, like the Galatians, sometimes live as though we're still in slavery, as though we're still part of the dominion of darkness. We still, in different ways, and each of us does it a little bit differently, we still submit sometimes to those old laws, those old rules, those old demands of this old, dying, separated from God world. And part of what God is doing in his sons and daughters is calling you and me more and more out of that bondage and more and more into the freedom to live as sons and daughters who know his love, who are confident of it, 
and who do not come under those old oppressors anymore. Now again, for the Galatians, the oppressor that they were tempted to come under was these old covenant laws. So Galatia, these were primarily Gentile, non-Jewish believers. All right, and then shortly after Paul established these churches, um, some Jewish teachers came, and their thought was, yeah, Jesus is the Messiah, he's good, but you still need to submit to some of these old covenant laws and rules. And so they're trying to get them to do this. They're trying to get them to become Jewish in their, in their behaviors. And Paul, who, is, uh, who was a Pharisee, who had a high view of the law before Jesus came, said, no, no, no. Do not submit again to that yoke of slavery. Listen uh, to what he himself went through. This is Galatians 2, verse 19. Paul, who was a Pharisee, who grew up Jewish, grew up under these old covenant laws, who could even say, yeah, according to these old covenant laws, I was blameless. I followed them blamelessly. Listen to what he says. Galatians 2, verse 19. I died to the law, the old covenant law, so that I might live for God. You see that shift? Died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I've died to that old way of living. I've died to that old structure, that old power structure, the old authority structure. It doesn't apply to me anymore. Why? Because I'm in Christ. I've been brought into the new. So why the old covenant law, you might ask? Paul responds to it, that in Galatians 3.24, the law, that old covenant law, was our guardian. And it was good. It had its time and its place. It was our guardian until Christ came. That we might be, when Christ came, justified, not by works of the law, but by faith in what Jesus has done. His fulfilled fulfillment of the works of the law. We are no longer under a guardian. So those old covenant laws are no longer binding on Jews. They're no longer binding on anyone. God has brought this new covenant. It's a new way. All right. Now, you and I, most of us here, some exceptions, uh, are not Jewish. So we're not, okay, old covenant law. Nobody's really tempted here to kind of start submitting to the old covenant law probably, right? I don't know. If you are, let's talk afterward. I'm curious about that. But the Galatians are, have a Gentile background, and so it gets broadened out here. Listen to what he says to them in Galatians 4, verse 8. Formerly, when you did not know God, so when you were under the dominion of darkness, when you're dead in your sins, separated from God, you were slaves to those who are by nature, who by nature are not gods. So, first century Roman world, that's where Galatia was, a province in the Roman Empire. They were idolaters. They, they followed philosophies. They followed human traditions. They, they followed different uh, gods and goddesses. All right? But now that you know God, here's the shift, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? All right? So again, this tendency to go back to those laws and to submit to them again. All right, let's look at, probably nobody here is, is really tempted to fall into like 
idolatry, worshiping Artemis or Jupiter or Mars. But, maybe not overtly, there are old things that we were in bondage to, that we did follow, old rules and philosophies, human traditions, uh, that we still try to maybe appease, and we're not aware of them. Let's look at the dominion of darkness. So, what's under this box? We've got old covenant laws, we talked about that, uh, idols, social laws. There are some social laws that don't fit the kingdom of God. They belong to the old, the old dominion of darkness. Social laws, philosophies, lots of different philosophies that people try to run their lives by. Secular humanism, postmodernism, naturalism, evolutionism. There's a, there's a whole host of philosophies that try to tell you this is the way to live, this is how you are to see reality, and here is the goal in life. Philosophies, demons, straight up, we don't talk about this much today, but there's this demonic power, there are demonic forces that are trying to get you to do things that are contrary to God. Different laws, different rules that are trying to be imposed on you. And sometimes we bought into them when we, before we came into Christ, and sometimes we still buy into them. Fears. Fearful messages, we're going to broaden this out, not just laws, but messages from the domain of darkness, from your old life, that try to rule you and oppress you and that bind you. Different kinds of fearful messages. Death, the fear of death can control us if we let it. But in Christ, we don't fear death. We know where we're going. Sin, flesh, our sinful nature tends to lead us in ways contrary to God. And these belong to the dominion of darkness. Other people, sometimes we just fall into people-pleasing, right? We want to keep other people happy. We don't want to disappoint people. That is a law that some people live under. Sometimes we come under. And God wants to free us from that. Um, traditions, lots of traditions, lies, addictions, these all belong under the domain of darkness. God has come to rescue us from that, bring him into his kingdom, where he rules and reigns, where his word rules and reigns. All right. What is the law, the rule, the message, the belief that you still believe, or that's not from God, it's from this domain of darkness, that keeps working in your life, that keeps you bound. One of the ways I was thinking about this is, you know, what makes me anxious? What makes me frustrated? What makes me fearful? What makes me um, mistreat people? Those sometimes can help us indicate a message that we're buying into. I'll give you an example. So uh, I call this the law of resentment. And I experienced it this week where I did something for somebody and I do this thing for this person once in a while and they didn't thank me. And they saw it, like they saw me do it, but they didn't thank me. And it bothered me a little bit. And so I've been thinking about freedom, I've been thinking about this, and I'm walking around thinking about this, why did that bother me so much? What law am I operating under? 
What message, what system am I operating under? And it, a couple things I came up with. One, the system of, you know, quid pro quo. I do this for you, you do this for me. Hey, I just did something for you. How about a thank you? Right? I didn't get the thank you, so I feel resentful. Right? So that's a scarcity mindset, like, oh, you know, me going out of the way for somebody in a little way is such a big deal that I need payment for it. I need praise for it. So I'm working under that old system. Does that make sense? And we, you know, we grow up with that. We, we often, growing up, try to do things that win praise, win affirmation, win good job, son, good job, daughter, right? Or win it from our teacher or win it from our boss. You know, that is an old structure. That is an old way of living. That's an old rule of life. And God actually wants to rescue you from that. All right, so now a good question is, rescue us from all that stuff, all those different systems, those rules. Let me show another one, the rule of perfectionism. Man, if I don't get this right, it's, it's going to be a disaster. If I don't get every detail right, oh man, end of life, like big daunting things are going to happen to me, horrible things, catastrophic. Does that sound like a God thing? That's a, that's a domain of darkness system rule that we can come under. Um, lots of different rules, the law of status. I'm going to, if I get high status with this particular group, then I'll feel accepted, I'll feel significant, I'll feel... All right, so God has come in Jesus to rescue us from these things the small ones, the big ones, and bring us into freedom with Christ. But what is this freedom? What does this look like? That's a great question, Wayne. Well, let's see. All right, Galatians chapter 4, verse 3. We were in slavery, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. So some of these beliefs, these ideas, these rules don't just come from humans. Some of them are straight up demonic. They come from the spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, to rescue us by um, releasing us by making a payment for us. That, why, that we might receive adoption to sonship and daughtership. Because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, into your hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. You are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. And that's, that's referring to this future freedom that we have as well. So through Jesus, God has transformed you from being what? A slave to being a child. He's freed you to be his child, his beloved child, secure in him, looking for acceptance and actually already fully accepted by him, looking for security, finding our security in him. That's the opportunity for us. That's the first fill. And in Christ, you are no longer a slave of the world. So don't live that way. You are a child of God. 
Now let's look real quickly at how God did that because it's remarkable and it shows us his love for us. How did God move you from slave to the world to child of God? Colossians 2. When you were dead in your sins in the uncircumcision of your flesh. That's, a, that's a way of, another way of saying dead in your sins. All right, Separated from God. When you were dead in your sins, domain of darkness, separated from God, God made you alive, moved you into the kingdom of God, made you alive with Christ, how he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us, which stood against you and condemned us, condemned you. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Right? So, Jesus paid the punishment you and I deserved for our sins. Now, that punishment was a claim against you. You were guilty before God. And these powers had authority over you because of your guilt, because of that claim, because of that sin debt. Jesus came and paid that sin debt of yours in full to release you from that claim on you. So here's the situation now. Next fill-in. Jesus' death for you canceled the charges against you. The dominion of darkness, the world has no claim or power over you anymore. You've been broke, you were broken out of slavery. Has no claim or power over you except, next part, except what you and I give it. So we're free. It has no claim over you. This dominion of darkness has nothing on you anymore except what you give it. So let's not give it anything, man. I don't want to live under that stuff anymore. So how do we do that? How do we come into that freedom more and more? Um, this is what it looks like. You and I come into that freedom more and more as we stop looking to other people other things, other groups of movement, other systems, other laws, rules, beliefs to receive praise, security, or acceptance. We, we stop looking to the old things and we start looking to God. We have a new focus now. This is the next fill-in. Remain free, brothers and sisters. Stand firm in your freedom now. Remain free by living for God, living for God, living for God, coming under his rule and reign in every area of our life. Yes, you're in the kingdom of heaven, but we need to submit all of our beliefs to him, all of our crazy attitudes and appetites and things under his rule and reign. We remain free, and I'll add, we could come into more and more freedom by living for God. All right, that's a big headline. We need some more details on that, so let's look at that. Galatians 2.19. Again, listen to what Paul says. I died to the law so that I might live for God. All right, remain free, come into more freedom by living for God. That's your aim, that's your purpose, that's your focus. 
I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I've died to that old thing. I've died to those old beliefs, those old laws that, um, that enslaved me. I'm out of that now. So how do we do this day by day? Next fill in. First, quickly, quickly identify any slaveries that you are in. Could be the law of resentment. Could be the law of perfectionism. Could be the law of, I need to please and impress this group of people to feel good, to feel accepted. The old law is. Quickly identify it. Because I think what happens with me is I'm just, I operate under it because I'm so used to it. I grew up in it. That's kind of automatic. And each of us, if we could really know those slaveries, those rules, those old beliefs that we live under, if we could see them, we probably have a big variety of them here. Right? We each kind of have our own kind of thing there. So how do we identify those slaveries? Ask, what's driving you? What's driving you here? What's driving this anxiety? What's driving this frustration? What's driving this fear? What's that tension in you? What is that? Or why are you downcast? What message are you believing? And this is a little challenging. It's, it's taken me a while to learn how to do this, to feel something and then be able to distill from that the message in that feeling. So yesterday, late afternoon, I love Saturdays, man. I try to do nothing. I try to make it a rest day, right? And um, so it was pretty good. It was a pretty restful day. Yes, but then about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, I started to just get this low-level anxiety, just kind of there. And it, and it wasn't like a fleeting thing. It just kept going. It was persistent. I couldn't stop. It was, and, and so I know when something's like that, uh, I know to go pray. So I went in the room and I just started praying, God, come Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord Jesus. Free me from this. Give me your peace. Right? And I'm thinking about these passages that God brought to mind. Cast all of your anxiety on me because I care for you. All right? So there's all this stuff going on. But I asked, Lord, what is the message here? What's the law that I'm operating under that's, that's feeding this, that I'm submitting to? And the law was, do well, do it right, or you will lose it all. All right, so I, I've got some big decisions, some big things I'm kind of working on. It's related to this. But when you get down to the heart of it, here's the law, Wayne. Do it right, do it well, or you're going to lose it all catastrophe. So that's a message. That's a rule that's feeding this. So what do I do next? Next step. Next fill in. Take captive every thought. Take captive every thought, every message, lie, law, belief, tradition, message that you're getting that's over here and make it obedient to Christ. You live in the kingdom of God now. That means he's king. Make that thought obedient to Christ. That looks like this. Lord Jesus, I, I'm hearing this message. I'm believing this message. What do you say? What is your word? All right? Because it doesn't feel like you. Maybe sometimes it's confusing. Is this a word from you? Is this a word from... Lord, what is your word? And his word was, Wayne, all I've given you is a gift. 
Everything you have is a gift. Everything you have that you're afraid of losing is a gift. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Don't be ruled by it. Don't be controlled by it. Don't be controlled by the fear of losing it, of screwing it up. Enjoy it. And there were a couple other things. And you're my son. I'm with you. You're not alone in this. It's not all dependent upon your getting everything right or not, thankfully. In fact, you got this stuff not because you did everything right, but because I gave it to you as a gift. This is a way, right? So we, this old law was operating from the dominion of darkness. I grew up with it and, you know, different flavors of that, you know, perform for praise and that sort of thing, right? So if you don't do well, it's going to be a catastrophe. So I grew up with that a little bit. That's an old law. I was coming under it again. I brought it to Jesus. Take every thought captive. Make it obedient to Jesus and get his word. Get his word. All right? Now, I got the word. Wayne, enjoy the gift. You know? I'm with you. Now the decision is, what do I do with that? I got two messages. Which do I believe more? Right? And it's a battle. So I pray, God, help. Yes, I believe that, Jesus. Help me in my unbelief. Help me believe that firmly. Help me live in that. Not just know that message or that word from you, but live by it. Live free. God's calling me into freedom in that way. That's the third thing. Call on him. Call on and submit to the Holy Spirit. And this comes from Galatians 5, 16 and 18. If you don't want to be enslaved, then walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay, he's talking about those sinful tendencies. That's a way to come out of that. Not just say no, but actually walk by the Spirit instead. And here it is. If you are led by the Spirit, if you allow yourself to be led by the Spirit, His Word, what He says, if you say yes to that and go with it, you are not under the law. You're freed up. You come out from under it. So that's the way to do it. Call on and be led by, submit to, I'm sorry, call on and submit to the Spirit, what He gives you. It's a battle. It's a little frustrating that it's a battle. It will not always be this way. Because this present evil age, it has an end point. Jesus' return. Where we are all called into the liberty, the fullness of his liberty that he has won for us. Even all of creation will experience that liberty. That's where he's coming. That's where he's bringing us. We're getting there. But right now it's a bit of a battle. It's a struggle. Walk by the Spirit, and you'll not be under the law. So why don't we stand and pray and just ask God to reveal to us, because sometimes it's hard to see, some of those old laws, beliefs, messages, lies that we're still submitting to. I'll just lead us through this prayer. Father God, thank you for sending your Son, and thank you, Jesus, for coming and laying your life down for us to win this freedom for us to bring us into the full freedom of sons and daughters and heirs of God. We thank you, Lord.
We don't want that to just be a concept, Lord. We want to live in that. We want to experience that. We want to know that in our daily lives more and more, Lord God. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to show each of us here that law, that belief, that old structure, that old force, that old authority that we are submitting to, that we keep submitting to, that tries to hold us and bind us. Come, Holy Spirit, show us it. Give us words for it. Help us articulate it, Lord. Help us see it now. Help us see it tonight and this week when we encounter it, Lord God. Give us good discernment, Lord, to recognize an old slavery, an old law, an old belief. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Show us, Lord. Show us, Lord. If anyone here is still living under just a whole different worldview, a whole different structure of belief and authority and rules and laws and aims, Lord God, I ask that you'd reveal that to them, Lord God. We ask that you'd call them out of that and into your life. Praise you, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. You shut up. Praise you, Lord. Lord, and then help us to, once we recognize that message, that lie, that belief, Lord God, that belongs to the domain of darkness, help us hold it up to, the, to your light, to your word, Lord God. Help us hear the word that you are giving us. Help us hear what you are saying about it, Lord God. Give us ears to hear your word, Lord God. Help us um, learn your word, your written word better, so that we can check these words that the Spirit gives us to make sure we can be confident in them. Lord, if, we're, if anyone here is just stuck and, and having a hard time processing that, Lord God, we ask that you would break through that by your Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Father God. Help us hear the word that you are speaking to us now. Help us receive it. Bring it to our minds. Come, Holy God. Speak, Lord God. Help us hear it, live by it, Lord God. Help us trust it and believe it. Even the words that you speak to us that, man, just sometimes it sounds so good. Maybe too good to be true, but... Help us trust them, Lord. Help us believe them. Help us live in the freedom that you want to give us through that word. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Father God, when, when the moment comes this week, when that old oppressor comes, just help us call on you quickly and quickly submit to you, to live for you, remembering that we are part of your kingdom, that you are our King of kings and Lord of lords, that you are our provider, our protector, our security, our future, our acceptance, our significance. Thank you, Lord, that it's all in you, God. Help us come into more freedom this week. 
Thank you, God, that you're committed to this, and you're going to see it through. Amen.